Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 183 of Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. My name's Andy White, I'm joined by Mr. Calvin Newman. Hello everybody. And in today's show, it's a little bit of, um, look into my eyes, look into my eyes, not round my eyes, look into my eyes, you're under. You will go to my website and visit it thousands and millions of times. Yeah, pretty click much on, that. Click on buy now. Yes, there's a little bit about human psychology and some of the things, some of the kind of general rules and patterns in human psychology and some examples of some brands that have implemented that. So you can go off and try some of these things. Now, firstly, I've got to start off by saying in conversion rate optimization, there are no rules, right? There's no hard and fast set rules for what will work. However, there's findings, right? So that's things that people have tested that they have found in their particular situation to be successful. Um, but some findings are more predictable than others, right? So certain mm-hmm. things, so many people have tested over a series of years, they are very sensible things for you to test. Now, you should always test them, but you can be fairly confident that if implemented the right way, you should see some improvements. So what I'm saying here is don't throw out your entire web design and implement something that I'm suggesting here. You should test it, but these are good areas to be testing. So... There's kind of three main areas I'm sort of talking about and thinking about here. So this is kind of, um, I've got 12 examples, but three sort of sections of them. And the first of these is social proof, right? So social proof is the tendency of a, let's kind of word this exactly, it's the definition that Wikipedia give um, for this. That's, I've not done that quite as I wanted it to. It's looking up on the internet, folks, live on a show. (laughs) Okay, so... Social proof is the tendency of people to assume that the actions of others reflect correct behaviour in a given situation, right? So, to put that another way, it's how can I convince my visitors that they're not the only person making that decision, right? So, what are some of the ways you can add social proof to your website um, to ensure that people are confident that they're making a correct decision, i.e. through social proof. Now, a great website that does all kinds of, you know, successful psychological things to improve their conversion rate is the guys from 37 Signals and Basecamp. Ah, Basecamp. Yeah, so Basecamp's a project mm. management system. Now, um, they're testing things all the time, but the the page that I've got 
you know I've used in presentations as a pass as a screenshot that I think is worth doing is they ha- kind of have a relatively simple landing page and they they have you know more people in more places manage more projects on the web today with Basecamp than any other app and this this is the clever bit here last week 13,504 companies kicked off new projects using Basecamp. And I'm presuming they're getting that figure straight from the database. Yeah, I mean, I would you, you would hope that there's yeah. kind of a level of accuracy there that's going <laughs> just, on. They just hard code it in. Um, but yeah, yeah, and it's the same every week. But no, um, but that's really interesting, right? So what they've done there is they've said, you know, there's all kinds of bits and there's some more, 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 but it's the, you know, repetition rule of free stuff. But there's also, I think the important thing to take away there is 13,504 also, kind of quite nice as well by doing the four rather than like yeah. thirteen hundred, you know, yeah, thirteen thousand. Yeah, um, it, you know, it's clever, right? So they they put that, and that, so what that does to me as an individual is I am not the only person who's buying their software. In fact, you know that in every case you're not the only person buying the software, but it just it decreases your potential objections, and that's what a lot of I think sometimes this is about. It's not necessarily convincing you on its own. It's about reducing potential concerns that you might have, and that's a great way of doing it. It's kind of exposing the wisdom of the crowds in a way, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, another way that's really easy to implement social proof into your site, and Raven SEO tools is a a good way of looking at this, is kind of testimonials, right? So testimonials, um, so if you look on the Raven homepage, they'll have a picture of someone who is a customer of theirs with a lovely quote saying, Raven is by far the most superior and comprehensive SEO tool set we have found to date, right? That's what they've got there. Now, you'll see software services companies doing this all the time, right, where they've got testimonials from their customers. But pretty much any business could benefit by including on their pages, ideally the homepage, but also product pages as well, pictures of their customers with positive comments about them. And that's good for social proof, right? Because what you're doing is you're increasing the likelihood that someone believes that other people have made that decision previously and they were happy with it. That's good CRO to test there as well. Um, but what about it potentially being a, um, you know, that's quite complicated, some of those ones, to get testimonials from your customers or to, you know, include a live bit that talks about how many customers you've got. Well, a really good sort of way of doing social proof is using the, um, you know, the, some of the Facebook plugins that you can get, right? So wish.co.uk, um, which is kind of a gift experience company in the UK, and I know the guys who run it, it's kind of in many ways the perfect example of all kinds of these implement, you know, implementations of psychological understandings. But what I really like is on their product pages, they've got the Facebook plugin, simple, but the logic is that it shows you the faces of your Facebook friends who have liked that company, right? We're all used to doing that, but are you doing that on your product pages? Because when someone's umming and ahhing about that product and they can see that five of their friends like that Facebook page and presumably have bought from them before and presumably are very happy with that process, suddenly potentially I'm a lot more likely to purchase from that company than I would have done previously. And that doesn't even really take any clever coding. That's just cutting and pasting a bit of Facebook JavaScript into your site to do that. So it's worth getting a Facebook page for your product and it's worth using the JavaScripty yeah. plug-in bits, yeah. embedding bits to put it yeah. in your website. Definitely. Wow. And a Groupon, again, they do this really well as well. So that when they're talking about their deals, they talk about the number of them that have been sold, right? So they talk about 96 bought or 75 bought mm. or 150 bought. Is there ways on your site that you can talk about that show that this was the best seller last month or this sold 150? You know, it, it doesn't even have to be huge numbers. I think sometimes people are scared to do this because, oh, I'm a small e-commerce company. I don't want to say that only 50 people bought this last month. Um, that's better. It's better to say 50 people bought it than none, right? Because people know that there were other people who bought it. And, you know, it, it, it's this social proof. So that works really well. So there are just a couple of ideas of ways you can implement social proof. Talk about the number of customers you have. You know, use testimonials with photos from your 
customers if you've got a good social profile pull that social data and those you know people use faces on your pages and facebook makes that pretty simple to do and also talk about the number of times a product sold even if it's perhaps not that high a number it just reassures people so on to my next broad theme um, this is about loss aversion right so loss aversion um, to use the technical term as defined by ever reliable wikipedia is the disutility of giving up an object is greater than the utility associated with requiring it. And I love utility. Hang on, let me get my head around that. Okay, so basically it's saying that the the disutility, which is kind of the negative emotion of giving up an object, is greater than the positive emotion associated with acquiring that, right? And it's actually often double, right? So we feel that, you know, the the dissatisfaction that we would have from losing a five pound note mm. is the same sort of emotional impact as the positive impact of finding a 10 pound note. Okay. You see what I mean? So people hate, basically people hate to lose out on something. So the question you've then got to be asking yourself is, well, how can I make my visitors think that they'd be losing out on something if they didn't buy? And I think sometimes we always talk about what the visitor is gaining by buying from you but actually sometimes you can be more successful to be thinking about what they'd lose if they didn't buy from you so here are kind of some examples of that i mean the travel companies are absolutely amazing this in, in pretty much every situation but one that i really like the implementation of is laterooms.com in the uk um, and if you go to any page of their site if you look at a particular um, hotel room and you're looking at the different rooms there and they have a little box that says hurry we've got just five rooms left at this time Now, you don't know that there's only five rooms available in that hotel, or there are only six, Mm. right? Whether it's like actually, you know, only one room of six sold, that wouldn't be quite so impressive. But by simply putting, there's only five rooms left. And, you you know, it's a really good thing to be thinking about, about kind of stock. So, if you know, you're running low on stock, make that a good thing, not a bad thing, right? Mm. You're you're running low on inventory, make that a good thing. Yes, hurry, only three left. Yeah, exactly. Are you allowed to lie lie there, Kelvin? I wouldn't recommend recommend it by any stretch. I don't know, like, legally quite how it works, and that'd be different all over the world. But, I mean, I think practically you want to be honest with people. But it's about kind of adding clarity and illuminating the truth. And the truth is that they only have five rooms left at Mm. that time. It might well be that there were only five rooms available in the first place, but that doesn't really matter. Yes, that's fair enough. Another great one is a a website called QWERTY. Um, So that's kind of like... Um, QWERTY like on the keyboard but rather than a Y it's got a double E right yes. it's a Q-W-E-R-T-E-E yeah. yeah and they're a t-shirt company and what's really clever it's built into their business model this idea of loss aversion and scarcity I think sometimes scarcity is a better way of thinking about mm-hmm. loss aversion um, and they have t-shirts which are only available for 48 hours for the first 24 hours they're cheap and then the second 24 hours they bump up a bit in pricing now whenever you go to their homepage or go to the product pages it's got a live clock there counting down how long it is till the price rise goes up and how long it is till it becomes no longer available and after that point they cease to sell it now of course there's obviously a you know i think they're kind of printing on demand so they don't really there's not really any wastage there um but you know it's a really good way about kind of like can you add a time limit you know a deadline and if you've got that deadline how can you do that really well i mean another good example of that kind of scarcity deadline is Amazon. Um, and they do it whether you're a prime customer or not. But if you're a prime customer, they make it a little bit more obvious. Where if I'm looking at a product, you know, they've got a little bit of text that says, want guaranteed delivery by 1 p.m. on Friday. Order it in the next six hours and 11 minutes. Again, the 11 minute details mm. kind of adds to it there as they well. They don't quite go down to seconds then. No, they don't quite go down to seconds there. But, you know, again, it's just about making clear a deadline. And 
hopefully that's just one of those little extra nudges that get someone to buy a little bit sooner or buy now rather than defer, think about it and then not make a purchase mm. or, you know, not buy now, think about it, buy from someone else. So that's just, that scarcity is a really good way of doing it as well. And yeah, Argos, who are kind of a, a high, high street retailer in the UK, I think do this particularly well as well, where they've got kind of, if you click on um, their products and kind of check for stocks, a stock availability check is good for loss of version, right? Because people are good, you know, it's there, right? Mm. It's an option. Not everyone has to use it, but a lot of people are going to check the stock there before they go in and make a purchase. Now, you go online there, you check the stock, it tells you that there's only two available left to collect. You're going to go into the store sooner than than if there was mm. 100. Or actually, it might well be again with Argos. They might only stock two at a time. They might only stock five at a time. But by putting that in there, they've done that. And also they're increasing the likelihood as well because potentially you might then buy online, which for them is in some cases probably a cheaper sale than having... you know, yes, It reduces cost of sale a bit, I yeah, would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's a few ways that you can kind of um, potentially um, um, go about adding um scarcity or loss aversion so talk about stock levels you know add time deadlines for availability or even just time deadlines for delivery time deadlines for delivery perhaps is easier to implement than we're going to not sell this product any later and then also as well talk about you stock checkers if you're in an e-commerce or you know even even kind of with service companies maybe you're a consultant and say i'm only taking on one more client this month Mm. it might well be that you you know could only take on one more client, even if you want, you know, you're sure. probably not going to, you might not be able to get that one more client, mm. but simply by framing it in that way, it's good. Um, next on my list is anchoring, right? So anchoring is a really interesting sort of behavioral economics pattern, right? So basically it's the tendency to rely too heavily or anchor in inverted commas on a past reference or one trait or piece of information when making a decision, right? So the, the scientific studies of this type of ones, if I were to say to you, Andy, um, how many countries are in there, they're in Africa, you might, I don't know. Lots. Lots, yeah. Say you yes. say, I don't know, 70, right? Mm. If I were first to say to you, how many countries are there in Africa, um, more than 100, less than 100, right? So, and that's one response. If I were to say to you, how many countries are there in Africa, Andy, 25 or more? right yeah now that first question will ignore that for the sense it doesn't really matter but if i said 100 to you you're probably more likely to guess higher than if mm. i'd said 25 to you in the first place even though fundamentally that shouldn't really have made any difference right so mm. that's kind of anchoring in effect there as well and i kind of good examples it's almost, it's almost like preconditioning the mind to yeah, think in a certain yeah, way yeah and it? i mean yeah. you get that kind of a bit like with um you know i, I mean I'll, I'll give you some examples right so um really what we're then asking ourselves the question is how can I reference an anchor that influences the visitors of my site, right? So I know that these types of reference points have the potential to affect behavior. So what can I do about that? Well, classic one is the old knockdown price, right? So mm. the, the old cross, you know, the, um, what do you call it? The cross through text where you, um, yeah. you know, the price was, 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 was. 9.99 yeah. now 5.99. Yeah. Yeah. Simple, right? You probably have thought about it. You've probably seen it, but are you actually implementing it on your site? Hotels.com do this really, really well. They kind of talk about the highest price it has been. Put it there with a cross through it in the HTML then show you the new price there as Amazon well. do it as well, doesn't it? Yeah. You say £4.99 yeah. or yeah. Another way that you can do anchoring, and again, software services companies are really good at this, is so like MailChimp, as an example, they've got their different levels, right? So they're £10 a month, they're $15, sorry, they're $10 a month, they're $15 a month, they're $30 a month, they're $50 a month, they're $75 a month, they're $150 a month, and they're $240 a month, right? Now, I don't know, 
But I don't imagine that too many of the people using MailChimp are on that $240 a month mm. platform, right? Now, logic says perhaps, you know, or temp, you know, kind of natural instincts is, well, maybe only 1% of their customers buy that, right? And mm. actually, you know, no one's going to click on it, so that's a bad thing. Well, no, because sometimes yeah, from an anchoring perspective, seeing that there's that $240 one mm. suddenly makes that $10 a month one look like a bargain. Yes, yeah, like seem really cheap. Yeah, and I yeah. mean, you can do that as well. I mean, so that's one that Mailchimp doing. Another good example of this, I mean, I think it's a broadband.co.uk here, like a price comparison site for broadband services. They have their top five deals on their homepage. Now, at the point at which I did this, you know, they had their talk talk one, which is three twenty five a month, Orange a fiver, Sky a fiver, Plusnet three twenty four, and BT thirteen quid. Mm-hmm. Now that's quite a lot more, isn't it, for the BT one? Well, it's actually a completely different thing that BT is selling there, right? They're selling like phone and TV and mm. all kinds of things bundled in together, right? So they're not really comparing like for like, right? But suddenly then, with that £13 one there, all those ones that are five or three quid suddenly seem like a real great bargain, mm. don't they? Yeah. So I think that it's just a general idea about anchoring is that thinking that sometimes having an expensive item on your page that doesn't necessarily sell isn't necessarily a bad thing. So, I mean, you want to test it, right? So in that, you know, the BT example or the MailChimp example, if they remove that top one, do people spend more or do they spend less? But scientifically, there's been lots of examples where that's the case, right? So if you have um, a, um, you know, like a, so you've got a £5, a five pound bottle of wine, a £10 bottle of wine, a £20 bottle of wine, right? They're your three options. People will buy the middle one in most cases. If you had, take those exact same bottles again, your 5 your 10 your 20 and add a £100 one, more people buy the $20 one, mm. right? So that, that's big, And the 100 one hasn't sold any more, right? So on one level, you're going, well, we've not sold any of those $100 bottles of wine, then we should remove it from the menu. No, it's not always the case on <laughs> yeah. that one. And you can do this in other ways as well. So it's sort of like related products can work quite well. So if you've got, um, you know, on your product pages, sim- you know, in an e-commerce environment, simply putting related products can kind of give you a bit of this anchoring that you've got there, particularly if they're kind of potentially more expensive ones as well. So just, that's another way of, you know, a simple implementation of anchoring. Um, try and include other prices on other products on the page that potentially if they're not, if they're more expensive, that can make the original product seem cheaper. Wiggle do this quite a lot where they kind of, add products to their page and bizarrely it always seems to be those that are more expensive which appears now mm. i don't think that's necessarily deliberately planned but that can be a good thing um so if you kind of you know it wouldn't be that hard to have that your customers also viewed pages to kind of well when you're doing a related product one to have um three related products one is the best selling and you know well sorry two of the best selling and one's the most expensive you know you could program that that wouldn't be difficult to do so yeah hopefully that's kind of summed up a kind of general trend as some of the things you can test so First of all, it's social proof, right? So that is a case of um, how can you make people think that they're not the only person making that decision? Loss aversion, how can you make people think about what they're going to lose, perhaps more than what they're going to gain? And then finally, um, anchoring. Bear in mind that sometimes um, there can be a disproportionate influence of, of other numbers or other kind of reference points on decisions that people make. And, you know, that normally is a high price um, affecting the average price that people spend on things. Well, there you go. Marketing tips. Cool. Marketing psychology. Yeah. Hopefully really useful anyway. So what are we looking at next time, Mr. Um, Up next, we've got kind of, I know people love it where I share tools. So I'm going to be sharing 12 tools, kind of harking back to our previous episode about kind of content strategy. So 12 tools that potentially can make your content marketing, your link building, your blogging a little bit more successful. 
coming up in next episode of Internet Marketing. So that's it from Andy White. And that's it from me, Calvin Newman. And we'll see you all again very soon on Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. Goodbye. Cool. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five oh. If you're inside the UK, it's O one two seven three two five six one five oh. And you can leave a voice comment or question and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.